Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, 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 Michelle. How are you? I'm awesome, T. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. I'm happy to be here. Me too. I'm happy to be here and hear about another woman and find out what she did. That's right. It's another episode of That's What She Did during Women's History Month. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you being here with us as we bring you stories of an incredible Wonder Woman um, throughout the month of March here. And we're so happy you're with us. Yeah, me too. And, and I'm excited about today's profile. Today we're talking about a woman by the name of Nilofar Rahmani. Um, now she's from Afghanistan, so I'm quite certain that my pronunciation is off and my apologies for that. Uh, but I'm excited about her because she's young. She's a young woman who's definitely a trailblazer and has a really interesting story. So are you ready? I'm ready. I want to hear about her. All right. So young Ramani was born in 1992, Michelle. She's a baby. <laughs> She's young, right? She's younger than both of my children. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely younger than me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really, I was really interested in her when I, when I first came across her story. Cause I was like, wow, she's, she's really trailblazing and at such a young age and, and to have the kind of fortitude to do what she's doing is pretty impressive to me. So let me tell you about that. Please. So Nilo Farr is the first female fixed wing air force aviator in Afghanistan's history. That's huge. Yeah. She's the first female pilot in the Afghan military since the fall of the Taliban in 2001. Now, I couldn't find if there were many or if there, in fact, were any women pilots prior to the fall of, of or prior to um, the Taliban taking over in Afghanistan. I couldn't find it. That doesn't mean that there wasn't one. So I don't know if, the, if she was just the the first female since the fall of the Taliban, or if this is going back into the history of Afghanistan. I don't know. But if somebody knows, please write to me. I would love to learn more about this. Um, so again, so she's the first female pilot since the fall of the Taliban in 2001. And that was pretty, that was a big deal for her to do. That's huge. Because not only... Is it a first, um, particularly in a country that we know what has happened in that country and the position of women in that country? But by choosing to go this route in her life, her family, as I'm sure you all can imagine, received many serious, incredible death threats. Um, she herself and her family as well. But she persevered to complete her training and eventually went on to train in the United States um, and later became 
under President Obama, the first, um, excuse me, she was, this U.S. State Department recognized her um, with the International Women of Courage Award in 2015. Mm which is a pretty big deal. I wasn't mm-hmm. super familiar with this award and I looked into it a little bit. It's a really big deal. Like mm-hmm. they don't just give that thing out. You and had to. She's in her twenties. Yes. Remember she's in her early twenties. Right. In, in her early twenties. She was only 23. Yes. Now I just have to say that was, that alone really impressed me because when I think about what I was doing when I was 23, it involved a lot of sorority parties. So <laughs> I wasn't doing anything impressive. <laughs> I was raising my kids, so I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yes, so Neil Far's story was definitely one of those when I first started looking at it. I was like, I need to get my life together. Right. <laughs> right. What have I been doing? What have I been doing all this time? But that's why we're bringing her because we can get inspired. And she was always driven. So Mm -hmm. she she had said she's known to have said that since she was a child, she had this dream, a very small child, becoming a pilot. And she spent nearly a year studying English so that she would be able to attend flight school. So she learned English in the space of a year because she was so focused on her dream. She knew that she had to learn English. She enlisted in the Afghan Air Force officer training program in 2010. And in July of 2012, graduated as a second lieutenant. Mm. Wow. Yeah. She was 20. Yep, 20. Um, and I, I didn't capture a ton of information about this, but she does talk about how difficult it was to be in the officer training program and to advance to this, to the position of second lieutenant because she was the only woman and she just had to deal with a whole lot of BS sure. and, and definitely was in that position of being the only in the room and treated that way. and and. Sure being very isolated and and picked on right her class a lot i'm quite certain she was an an easy target so and that's something that we haven't talked about and you know can talk about when you're finished telling us about her but the mental health toll of being the only the mental health toll of being the trailblazer yeah so young yeah definitely so uh, uh, I don't know anything really about airplanes, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently the airplanes that she learned and sought out to fly was also a big deal because of the type of airplanes they the were. The fixed wing piece of it yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. It, it definitely means something. About how they take off and land and how right. the aerodynamics work. Yeah. Right. And it's apparently it's like a higher level of training and a higher level of knowledge that it requires high skill levels. Um, so she, her first solo flight was in a Cessna 182, which is, I looked, I did look that up. And so it's one of those kind of smaller aircrafts that you kind of tend to see at small airports, like mm-hmm. private jets They're They tend to be kind of that size. Um, but she wanted to fly a larger aircraft. So she had to advance in flight school to be eligible to be able to do that. So she did that. She advanced in flight school and was soon flying a C-208 military cargo aircraft. Mm. 
Mm. So I found a picture of it. It's a pretty big plane. Yeah. So it's cargo. Yeah. yeah, it's cargo. So it's like the thing that you see in the movies where they like right. open the big back. And, and they have like, a big fight. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, and somebody <laughs> parachutes <laughs> out of it and then like the drugs land. And like right. it's one of those kind of things. Wow. Um, yeah, Jeez. it was intense. I and I can't know. imagine, I have no clue what kind of training you have to go through to be able to have the skill level to be trusted with an aircraft of that size, but she right. did it. Now, women are traditionally banned from transporting dead or wounded soldiers, but she decided um, that she was going to do that. Um, so she defied orders while she was flying in the Afghan military when she discovered that there were injured soldiers when she landed in a mission so she loaded them on her aircraft had them loaded and flew them to a hospital um, and she herself reported her actions to her superiors expecting to get into a whole lot of trouble um, and she didn't no um, sanctions were imposed on her um, apparently this I don't really know the details of this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure because this was a military mission that the details are, are not available to the public, but it sounded like her decision to do that, to defy orders. Cause remember the only reason why she couldn't do is because she's female. Right. Um, but her decision to get those soldiers onto her aircraft aircraft and fly them to a hospital saved lives. Sure. Yeah. So, um, it was a big deal. That's when, when that happened, that's when her achievements started to become public in her own country. And that was really about the time that the death threats against her and her family became pretty scary. So she, they were getting death threats directly from the Taliban mm -hmm. themselves. It wasn't just like your average crazy person mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't like women. These were like legit credible mm -hmm. threats because they dis disapproved of her ambition and career choices. As a result, she and her family had to move several times to just be able to stay, stay safe, but she was resolute that she was going to go on to fly even larger aircraft and um, train to be able to fly a C-130, which is, I guess, an even larger cargo style plane. Um, and eventually became a flight instructor, instructor because she wanted to inspire other women to pursue this. So she was very intentional in her choices. That's incredible. And I mean, I can't imagine like the little girls and boys who look up to her, um, not only because she's a woman, but because of her age. Yeah. You know, I would think, wow, that's attainable. She's only in her 20s and I'm 10. So I can probably do that, too. You mm -hmm. know, she can probably really, really um, interact and her story resonate with young girls and boys growing up who would want to aspire to be what she is. And that's pretty phenomenal that she's actually self-aware mm -hmm. enough to know how important her position is. Yeah. And keep in mind that, you know, to continue with how important what she's done is, is in order for her to get up to that next level of large aircraft, the C thirties, she had to get into us flight school. 
mm-hmm. um, to be able to get that level of training. Yeah. And, and she did. She was accepted into that program in 2015 and completed it in a training with the U.S. Air Force in, in December of 2016. Keep in mind that she's a Muslim woman mm-hmm. from Afghanistan. So she's doing this in hijab the right. entire time. Right. So she stands out. Right. Not only in her country, sure, but here in the U.S. as um, sometimes they they refer to themselves as hijabis. She was a hijabi woman in in the U.S. Air Force flight school training to take on these huge aircrafts. Um, as not an Amer- as not an American citizen, she was accepted in um, under a special visa program, I would imagine, um, but she talked about how in both situations, both in Afghanistan and the United States, there was just this level of contempt Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. she had to deal with. She just said, I put on a brave face and I just moved forward. And and this is exactly what I'm saying. The mental fortitude of Mm -hmm. the women, I think a hundred percent of the women who we're talking about have had to deal with these extreme, um, I would have to say they have to be extremely emotionally difficult situations. And then in some of the cases that we've discussed where their husbands have asked them to stop doing something or have asked them to not do what they were doing or told them they were too strong or headstrong and took them to court about yeah. it. Yeah. Like these are the types of mental um, challenges that I can't even imagine. You have the world outside is, is coming against you. You have people making death threats against your family because of your actions. Right. And you know that you still have this calling. You have to do this. I think at that point, it just becomes a have to. It's not a want to. It's a have to. Like, I must do this. There is a bigger purpose for my life. And I love that we're highlighting these women who... Um, have this huge purpose for their lives and they're walking in them because mm-hmm. it's scary. It is scary. I mean, what, which, what Nilo Farr is dealing with is really scary because her, remember, this is just barely in 2016 when she um, graduated from training with the U.S. military and her story continues and takes a kind of frightening turn. Um, So she's here in the United States, she's training. So she's shortly after she began the training program here in the United States. Remember, she's still a member of the Afghan Air Force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the Afghan Air Force stopped paying her salary Mm -hmm. when she came to the United States. Um, And the information I found doesn't specifically state why, but it alludes to being kind of a punishment. Mm-hmm. Like she stepped out, she went too mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. in pursuing this, and they were like, "We're not paying you anything." Um, so, while she was in the United States doing this training, there was some kind of incident in an airport in southern Afghanistan where several female workers were slain. So I don't know if it was like a bombing, some kind of act of war. I, it doesn't say specifically what happened in the research that I did, but there were several female workers at this a- airport that were slain. And it kind of sounds like there was a bombing or something. She was horrified to hear what happened, um, especially since some of the members of parliament in her country were quoted in the papers as saying that 
well, it, the women would have been safe if they had stayed home. So essentially it was their own fault that they died. And she started to speak out about things about that, like mm-hmm. that. So she was getting on top of already being out, mm-hmm. kind of ousted mm-hmm. in her position at home. She was getting a lot of backlash sure. for being outraged by this. Sure. Um, so she's, she was here in the United States, very nervous. She decided at that time to file a petition for asylum Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. United States. Now this all happened at the time that it's the end of Obama's administration, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is 2016. Mm -hmm. It is now, it's now president elect Mm -hmm. Donald Trump when she files And it's right at the time that the whole vowing to bar Muslims from entering the United States is happening. And and Muslim people are from countries, certain countries are in fact starting to be banned. Um, So she, as soon as she files, of course, this is news and it gets back to Afghanistan and if she thought that she was being ostracized before, it is even worse now. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and the backlash that she receives in her country is really fierce. Um, and if she was getting death threats before, they're even worse now. Um, so she's as far. So here we are today, you know, 2018. And I cannot find the status of what's happened with her petition. As far as I can tell, it sounds like she's still in the United States, still trying to petition for asylum, but no clue on whether or not where that process is for her. Um, don't know if she's still waiting. Don't know if it was approved. Nothing. I could find zero information on it. So anybody listening to this, if you happen to know what happened with Nilo Farramani's case, I'd love to hear all about it. But again, as far as I know, know, I think she's probably still in the country and I think she's still working through the petition process, but it's anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. what would happen with that in with our with the current administration so uh, yeah please if you know information yeah. about that you can email us at that's what she did podcast at gmail.com absolutely yeah. and i do have one quote from nilofar that i i thought was really telling about her character and, and her level of fortitude because although she's dealing with all this and of course i would imagine that her life is very much in danger if she returns to Afghanistan. She's still, in, uh, when interviewed, in the, in the last interview I could find from her in um, late 2016, she said, uh, I would just want to encourage all females around the world, especially in my country where the females have no rights, to just believe in themselves and to have more self-confidence. Wow. Yeah, she goes on to say it's better to keep it as a dream than not let it come true at all. Hmm. Hmm. So I think what she's trying to say is that you can keep the dream alive in your own head if that's all that you have. Oh, you don't okay. have to completely let it go. Yeah, it was a little yeah, confusing. Got it, got it, got it, got um, it. I see what she's saying. Don't yeah. lose your dream. Even don't lose it. Do it right yeah. now. Don't lose hold of it. Don't lose right. hold of it. I understand that. Okay, okay. I was like, ah. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, yeah, got it. Got it. But I, I think that. that's what she means. And it's, I just think it's such an encouraging story. And, and she's dealing with some scary stuff. You think know, that's, it's no joke. And she's so young. And, and again, to have that, that kind of grit and fortitude to just stay the course, no matter what was incredibly inspiring and encouraging to me. Well, thank you for bringing her story to light and sharing her story. Please say her name again. Her name is Nilofar Ramani. So I will spell it because, again, I, I don't speak her language. So this is how it's spelled. N-I-L-O-O-F-A-R Ramani. R-A-H-M-A-N-I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you know anything about what's going on, please write to us and yeah, let please. us know, update us. We want Thank you. That is it. That's what she did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of That's What She Did. If this resonated with you, please subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast, share it with your friends um, and and tell us how we can make it better, make it more interesting, make it it, uh, more stories that you know of, of women who we should be sharing. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, so that is, that's what she did. Uh, T, what you got to say to the folks on our way out? Thank you so much for joining us. And we want to, we definitely want to hear from you to echo Michelle's comments. We, we are creating this, not just so that we can learn and we can be active participants in Women's History Month and, and sharing incredible stories of great women, but we want to really engage with you, our audience, and understand what resonates, what makes sense to you, what do you want to see happen. We want to hear your stories as well. So write to us at that's what she did podcast at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you. And keep joining us. Thanks for being here. We appreciate your time so much. We'll see you on the next episode of That's What She Did. Thanks for tuning in. See you next Bye. time. You just heard an episode of That's What She Did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.